howdy-do-who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 312. Oh, yes. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, hey, Doctor Who fans. <laughs> Getting into the theme there. Indeed, yeah. Welcome back. to hear that again. Welcome back, everybody. We are back behind the microphones for another episode. We've had a few weeks off, dude. It's been nice. Indeed. Yes, it has. Yeah. I feel recharged, refreshed, yes. full of energy. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it has been cool, actually, having a bit of a break, I must admit. One of our uh, buddies over on Sirens of Audio, a podcast, they were doing a roundup of Doctor Who podcasts and uh, some of the, I think there's about half a dozen and we were listed in there, which is very nice of them. One of the things that they commented on about our show was the consistency. They were like, these guys have been... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, they... No, no, in a good way. They were oh, like, these yeah, guys... Yeah, no, I just mean because yeah. now we've gone and broken the rule. We've got, <laughs> yeah. We, they've, uh, since 2014... They've pretty much uh, religiously put out an episode every week. We've had the odd break, haven't we? So every year, we normally have a week off for Christmas and New Year. And we normally have a couple of weeks off over summer, usually. Other than that, we are, we're fairly consistent and stuff. But it was ironic because I tweeted them back and said, thank you very much for the kind words and stuff. Ironically, we're actually on a bit of an extended break at the minute. So yes, while we are consistent most of the year round uh, we've had a bit of a break but dude it's been really nice to um and it's the probably a good time that we did it anyway because uh just this year in general it's been very quiet but at the moment dude it's like literally a while it's like a western the tumbleweed mm. is just yeah is is really bad but 
So we have had a bit of a break, which has been nice, but we're back now. So uh, how have you been doing, buddy? I know you've had a little bit of sun and now you're back home and, and stuff. You're all good. Yes, I'm very good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I've been on, been on the travels for a little bit. Um, obviously, it's quite restricted at the minute. Um, I did listen to the Roundtable podcast while on a four-hour coach journey, uh, and I loved Oof. it. It's really good. We need to get those guys back on uh, the writing team. Um, I was just saying to you before we started recording, there were so many moments where I was wishing I was there. Like uh, There were things I wanted to say. Like I was thinking, if I was there now, I'd be saying this, and I'd be chipping in here and stuff. It's a really good uh, podcast. But yeah, and I'll be really good. Um, I, just very briefly, um, you may remember that I was gutted that I didn't get a ticket to the BFI Dragon Fire event, and uh Right at the last second, right at the last 11th hour, 11th I managed hour. to get one. <laughs> and uh, obviously, I'd you know recently back from traveling and stuff. And so, yeah, I was ma- I was able to go and um, oh, it was so worth it. It was brilliant. It was such a good day. Um, as you can imagine, the, the actual theater itself was quite empty um, because they're, you know, they space out everybody now. Of course, it's still being very social distance wary of stuff like that. Um, so there weren't many people actually there watching it. It's probably a hundred and so, um, not many of us in there. But it, so you, there was still a good atmosphere, but not quite the sort of buzz that we normally have with with the place when it's full. Great to see on the big screen. Got to see some of uh, snippets from the new extras, which, as you can imagine, look brilliant. Um, the surprise one for me was there's an interview with Patricia Quinn on the new Blu-ray set, and I don't know much about her. Um, Let's just say we're in for a real treat. They showed us about five minutes of this. I didn't realize what a character <laughs> she is. And um, let's just say a little bit off the wall. Uh, in a, I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to say anything nasty because she seems really lovely, but very eccentric maybe. I don't know. It, it just looks like it's going to be a really fun interview. So got to see a bit of that. We got to see a bit of the McCoy interview, Matthew Sweet, uh, which again looks like a great interview. Uh, a bit of the round table, um, just everything they showed us was full of fun and laughter from the new extras from the forthcoming season 24 set. And I know a lot of people consider that to be, uh, you know, not one of their favorite seasons, if you like, as you know, we both love it, don't we? We we don't care that it's campus Christmas. We don't care that there's no budget, that, that you know, McCoy's still finding his feet. It's just a fun season. And I think uh, it's going to be a great set. The extras just look unbelievable i think they said they've done like 25 hours of new material or something crazy like that it is absolutely jam-packed uh with new stuff and obviously after the screening we all went out and got drunk on the south bank and there was just so many doctor who fans there and so many faces uh, familiar faces people that we always meet up me and you when we go people that i talked on twitter that i've never met before that come up and said hi it was a, the 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 atmosphere was incredible, dude. Afterwards, like the just the meetup and everybody talking about Doctor Who, and you had, you know, fans from different eras as well. Everyone just getting on, just the absolute opposite of Twitter. There was no sort of, you know, because there were people there that loved Jodie, and there were people there that you know loved the Third Doctor. There was no sort of divide. It wasn't like the the Jodie supporters on the left and the you know <laughs> the, the classic Who fans. Mm. Everybody was just having fun in the sunshine, drinking, chatting. It was. It was such a good day. I absolutely loved it. So, I mean, that's the only Who thing I've done pretty much since I got back because I haven't been back that long. So that was good. But, um, yeah, yeah, what about you? What have you been up to? Yeah, nice one, dude. Um, been away. What have you been doing with yourself while I've been away? Yeah, what mischief have I got up to without you being here? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, very little, dude. When I say I've taken a break from 
from Doctor Who. That's literally everything, really. It's not just the podcast. I've not watched or I've purposefully not watched because normally, as our listeners will know, I will watch some kind of Doctor Who or whatever uh, in between shows. But now I've just taken a few weeks to to watch other stuff. I mean, I watch other stuff step anyway, back. but yeah, just step back and, and not done anything Doctor Who. And I, I say this with respect. It's been really nice. <laughs> to not, um, I mean, I've listened to a couple of other Doctor Who podcasts, but that's about it. I've not watched any any Doctor Who. Have you had a, a time to see? You know, they released a little trailer for the um, new Web of Fear Blu-ray. Have you had a look at that yet? Because that's that's got quite a bad reaction. Yeah, <laughs> I did see um, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the only good thing that the official YouTube channel is good for these days <laughs> is the trailers for the for anything new because they keep yeah. putting these weird little. I mean, bless them. They are scraping the barrel. Whoever's running the um, the official YouTube channel, they are scraping the barrel because they keep putting these things out like Don- Donna's top five quotes or, you know, yeah. just stuff, the, just really trying to cobble together anything. So so I did see that. And, yeah, I, I don't think it looks too bad. I mean, I think people were just saying that the animation just looks really crusty and not very good at all uh but i don't think it's too i don't think it's the best that they've done but it doesn't look terrible no i was gonna say it's not i don't know it's not brilliant but i don't get that it's not that the hate that it's got i think is a little bit extreme it's not that bad but i mean it's yeah it is a bit i mean it's gosh <laughs> it's better than watching the telly snap surely of course yeah. i mean i yeah. i always struggle with telly snaps so it's got to be better than that but the new the new covers look good don't they are you going to be is this double dipping or is this treble dipping now how many times has this been out you, are you going to be getting the new version when it comes out because the, the cover by lee binding absolutely stunning probably worth buying for that cover alone it's gorgeous but, yeah. Uh, yeah are you going to be grabbing this or are you just going to stick with the one you got no i will grab it but not when it comes out i'll wait until it's cheaper wait till it's yeah wait till it's cheaper yeah yeah, yeah i hear you indeed it's a lovely cover though i think i like the cover more than the anime the animation but it's not it's not terrible I'm not, yeah, I mean, I'm not overblown away with the Steelbook cover, but uh, I mean, I like it. It might probably look really nice in hand, I think. But the problem is when you put the Steelbook next to the regular Blu-ray cover, it just blows it out of the water, mm-hmm. doesn't it? And I'm, yeah, I mean, but I think it'll probably, they both look nice, I think, in hand. I yeah, reckon. I think so. Yeah, so yeah, I'll probably be getting that. Yeah, yeah, so I will, I will get that at some point, but I'm not going to pay full bifter for it when it comes no, out. Because I've already got it, you know, it's already, you know, if this was a brand new release, it not been out before, I probably would, but... Yeah. Uh, talking of events, dude, just really quick. Um, you see that Showmasters have cancelled the July LFCC and they've pushed it back to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to November. That was so funny. It was, um, we had said, didn't we, for a while, we were like, are we going to go to this in July? Probably not. It seems a bit too early. I was, I was so, I kept mm. sort of thinking about it because I thought it's, it's, you know, it's coming up. It's, we're nearly in, you know, we'll be in July soon. Should I get tickets? And then Saturday sold out which kind of almost pressured me into, you know, a knee-jerk reaction of buying Sunday. Because I thought, oh, no, Saturday sold out. Oh, I really want to meet Sasha and Joe Martin. I don't want to miss out on those guys. Shall I get a Sunday one and just – and then get, you know, the photo shoots nearer the time? What shall I do? So I was sort of – I was still waiting because the thing I don't like is that if you buy any tickets or if you buy photo shoots and stuff, your money to, – to get your money back if they postpone – or even if you cancel it, it's, it's really difficult because mm-hmm. I think because yeah. they postpone it rather than cancel, you don't get your money. They just give you a voucher and say, you know, so I thought I, I don't want to be tying up money that I haven't really got in something if it's going to get postponed. And I'm pretty sure it's going to get. Postponed. So I was leaving it right to the last second to get it. And um, 
Yeah, of course it, it then got then got postponed. It was no shock, really, was it? And it was it was almost immediately after Boris's announcement as well. Like they had the they had the sort of um, write up ready to go, didn't they? It's like right, Boris has confirmed it. Press send, and you know they announced it as postponed straight away. So, yeah, no shock, really, dude. Is it? It's no shock. No, not at all, man. And there were so many people as well that were. So if it was at the XL, like the MCM events, then mm. I probably would have booked a ticket because I might be able, whatever I'm doing on that weekend, I might have been able to have got back for the Sunday. Yeah. If it was at the XL, but dude, the venue that they do it at, the Olympia, is it the Olympia or the Olympia 2, whatever it's called? Yeah. It's just freaking awful. It's No chance. It's awful. It, it's really bad. So can you imagine that on a hot summer's day? Oh, I think Fresh it out. like it's been the last few days. You'd be, oh, you'd be sweltering. Can you imagine? Horrible. Face masks no as well. Con. No air con. Fresh out of lockdown. No way, mate. Well, like, I kept no thinking way. about the photo shoots as well. Like, because, you know, for me, I'm more of a sort of photo shoot person than queuing for autographs. So I, I love to get the photo at the end of the day. So I was thinking, how are they going to do that? Because if you're still having to distance the stuff, are you going to be at the other end of the I just couldn't see how it's going to work. And that was the other thing that was just kind of, holding me back from booking mm-hmm. anything i just couldn't see how any of it was going to work really yeah bloody show masters man i mean fair play to them in a way because over the years they've really expanded that show i mean remember when we went back in 2015 i think the first time that you and i went together maybe 2015 yeah. and uh i think it was like a fiver to get in and there wasn't this huge massive circus that it is now you didn't have to pre-book you just paid your money on the door, walked in, and, mm. and that was it. It was, it was fairly cool. But fair play that they've scaled it up now, and it's this massive thing, and they've got really good guests and everything. But on the other hand, they do seem a bit money-orientated now instead of people-oriented. It's a bit like – because even last year, during the big lockdowny periods that we had, they still refused to postpone the events right up until the last second. It was mm. like, dudes, this is clearly not going to happen. Why are you still – allowing people to book tickets like 24 hours previous to you postpone everything. It was terrible. So that's the only thing I'm not too keen on with like MCM. Those guys are pretty cool. Really early on. They're like, look, it's probably not going to happen. Let's just postpone it now. Get your plans sorted. We're not going to dick you around. And today they postponed all of their stuff until October, November. Where a show master is like, no, 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 no. Everything's going to be awesome. Don't worry. It's like, (laughs) Don't keep worry, giving just, us your money. Yeah, keep it's the money fine. rolling in. You know, everything. Look after that for you <laughs> in our showmasters bank. Actually, they've yeah. rescheduled it at the same time, so the rescheduled date actually clashes with one of the other big events. Is it um, MCM or? It is the Elf, MCM one. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So it's clashing with that. So all those people that have bought tickets for that are now saying, "Well, I want my money back because I can't go to both." But of course, they can't get it. Can't, yeah. they're, they're just offered a voucher. That's what I mean. It's. I think you just have to be really careful. Uh, with these events i mean the, the thing is we're, we're living in different times you know like you said back in simpler times great we'd rock up six pound fifty to get in get a couple <laughs> of autos great happy days but we, we live in different times and um yeah i'd just say to anyone thinking of going to any of these events just be a little bit cautious because it is um it's not as simple as it used to be no <laughs> it no. really isn't yeah and it should be obviously much better in november because uh I've had my first jab. You've had your first jab, yeah. right? Yep. Hopefully, the majority of the people, even under 40 or 35 now, whatever, by the time we get to November, should all be double jabbed and 
should be a lot a lot smoother. I just can't understand why they thought it would be a good idea in July. I don't know, but show masters, yeah. mate. Yep. Show masters for you. Dude, just before we crack on, I just wanted to say, you know, you talk about you, the YouTube channel, Doctor YouTube channel just now, and how they're probably really <laughs> struggling for content. And uh, Doctor Who magazine have, have been getting a lot of flack for not having Jodie on the cover, and they keep saying, well, look, we can't get anything out of the BBC. You know, we literally have nothing to, to put. We haven't even got any new photos. You know, and it, it, it is bizarre. What mm. is going on with the marketing team? Now, I know Chibbers wants to be keep everything under wraps. Fair play. But surely part of your wanting to make your show a success is to sort of plan and think, well, we need to do some photo shoots so we can hand out some publicity photos, even if they're nothing to do with the episodes. We want some shots of Jodie by the TARDIS or something we can give to magazines when they want to feature. Surely this is part of your you know, promotional process. I just find it really bizarre that, you know, Doctor Who magazine, the the YouTube channels, Twitter, the official Doctor Who Twitter, have got no new photos or anything that they can share to keep the momentum going, especially with these huge long gaps we're getting between series. Um, and the reason I mention this is, of course, there's been a huge fuss because the cover of the the Doctor Who 2022 annual oh, was God. released the other day. And of course, everyone's like, where's Jodie? She's not on the cover. What's going You know, the BBC hater and all this. And I'm thinking, I genuinely, and I mean, I could be wrong, but I genuinely think it's just because they probably don't have any new images that they, they're allowed to use. And there's probably other reasons. I'm sure there's lots of reasons behind it, but but what is going on with Chibbers? Why, why is, well, is it Chibbers? Whoever. Why are they not giving out stuff to promote the show? It doesn't have to be spoilers. It could just, people go crazy if a slightly different version of Jodie crouching down with the Sonic is released. You know I mean, it only has to be a slightly different photo to get people excited. But I, I just don't get it. Why, why everything is so secretive at the minute. Yeah. There must be a reason for it. Well, first of all, dude, I can't believe this hoo-ha over the annual. <laughs> honest to god i mean the one I book know. the one book that nobody ever bloody talks about <laughs> right when you have the new books that come out from penguin or bbc books whatever they get a little bit of anticipation the guys that though they did a pretty good job of marketing it and stuff mm-hmm. we we tend to get review books in and you know it's all good they handle that pretty well Nobody ever talks about the annual. The only time you ever see any tweets about the annual is Christmas Day morning where a family member knows that you like Doctor Who, have no idea what to get you. They've seen the annual in WH Smith for two quid. There you go. Happy Christmas. Happy Doctor Who Grimbo. There you go. So nobody ever talks about it. But this one time where they decide to go in a different direction, whether they had any pictures of Jodie or not, they decide to go in a different direction and not include the doctor on the front. The entire world is now all about the annual, the annual this and the annual that. It's like, you never bloody read it, mate. You never buy it. They obviously Just don't shut buy up. it because I don't remember ever, <laughs> the, last, the last annual. I don't even remember seeing it in my local Smiths, and that's really unusual. Smiths always used to get the doctor annual. Um, and I, I, I never, and believe me, I went to a couple of Smiths as well. I never found it in any Smiths last year uh, which i thought was really odd because you saw all the other annuals and i kept thinking oh they're probably just waiting to get stock in and i'd you know I'd go in and see and never saw it i think i ended up getting it off amazon for like three quid or something at the end you know because yeah. I, I i always buy the dot two annuals and i have to say the last couple have been rubbish they've been like about 10 pages thick and i only literally buy them 
because I'm just a mug who likes to <laughs> be a completist. You know, I like to have them all. But uh, yeah, they've been pretty poor the last couple of years. But it's a nice cover. That's the thing. It, it, somebody said it looks like it would be should be the back of the annual, which I I understand. It does look like because it's quite simple, isn't it? It's just a picture of the TARDIS mm-hmm. with some rainbow pic- colours around it. It looks quite nice, but I agree. It does look more like the back of the annual than the front. But uh, It's ridiculous, mate. Just yeah. Everyone that's moaning about it, just shut up. <laughs> if, you, if, if you end up buying it, which I doubt most of the people complaining about it would buy it anyway, it's just an excuse. It's, all it is is just one of those little things that people use and as, as an excuse to bash Doctor Who and Jodie and Chibbers and all the rest of it. It's just a mechanism that they can use to jump on Twitter and just start having a good old rant because they're not a fan of the show at the minute anyway. And all that stuff, it's just ridiculous. Just ignore it all. If you want to buy the annual, buy the freaking annual. If you don't want it, if you don't like it because Jody's not on it, don't buy it. It really is as easy and as black and white as that. It's just ridiculous, buddy. It's just freaking the fandom as we know it these days. It's ridiculous. It is, mate. It's another, yeah, yeah, it's it's the bad side of the fandom. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And where it concerns the BBC not putting out any publicity or anything like that, I think that's just a a natural progression of the ratings being down and not not a huge amount of people liking the show. Like back in the day, uh, I know that listeners are going to be like, oh, yeah, you're banging on about, you know, the Russell era again. But back in the day, you almost had that safety net with the Russell era because you knew that the next series coming up was going to be brilliant. So if they didn't put out any publicity shots, it was okay. Cause it was like, Oh, they're going to build the suspense. We know it's going to be good. But nowadays it's like, it's probably going to be bad, isn't it? I mean, not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's just the, you know, the feeling in fandom. It's like, it's probably going to be bad. So we need something to get us in the mood and excite us so that we can look forward to it. So it's unfortunately, it's just a, a casualty of, um, Chibbers probably thinks he's doing the right thing, but in reality, it's like you need to engage a bit more with the fandom. Give a few breadcrumbs, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on, Chibs, you need to give a few breadcrumbs. I mean, we could do a whole other, a whole podcast on this, mate. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of the Thirteenth Doctor, as you know. I'm not the biggest fan of Jodie as the Doctor, but I do agree with a lot of people that are saying, you know, that the BBC do seem to have sort of lost faith in her a bit, and, and you know, the merch, the, the whole pairing of the 10th doctor with her all the time and and uh and a lot of the books and annuals and that not having room you know there is we could talk about it forever there's definitely <laughs> there definitely does seem to be a lack of confidence there but um i don't know i don't think it's like you said i don't think it's as black and white as that i think there are reasons for what's been going on but um yeah we could we could do a whole other podcast on this we could dude yeah, yeah. yeah. and then it, then we'd be back to our three and a half hour four hour podcast Indeed. which we're trying to get away from yeah <laughs> On that note, then, we have got a couple of bits of news to, uh, to oh, get through, have, yeah. so let's crack on. First up, then, as you would expect at the moment, the only sort of big stories doing the rounds are the whole Jodie Whittaker leaving thing and, you know, all that. But there is one interesting thing that's picked up traction over the last few days and a few newspapers and blogs have picked up on it. And that is, although it's fairly obvious that Jodie is on the way out, although she could surprise us, you know, uh, she could drop a bit of a surprise bomb, be like, yeah, um, Series 14 is is mine as well. Uh, But anyway, I think it's kind of well known 
that she is, although the BBC have not officially confirmed it, as we know, she's, that she's going to be leaving. But there have been a few new rumours circulating that it might not be when we expected her to go. So we all thought, quite sensibly, that when she decided to, you know, that's enough is enough, that they would do some kind of regeneration story, probably at the end of the festive special. So series 13, which we know is only eight episodes long, would arrive towards the end of the year. Then that would be followed up by, I'm I'm guessing it's going to be a New Year special again. That would be a regen story. And then next year, we'd have a new Doctor, series 14 onwards. That's what you'd expect. But these rumours are suggesting that Jodie's going to be around for a couple of specials next year before she leaves. So what they're saying is, there's two kind of things that I've seen from various articles. The first one is that we'll have series 13 as normal this year, eight episodes. Then we'd have a festive special. And then next year, we would have two specials. One at some point, Easter, maybe summer. And then the second one, again, at Christmas or New Year, then she would regenerate. And that's Jodie done. She would mm. she'd be gone. The other thing, that, the other... Um, rumour that I've seen is that we won't have a Christmas or festive special this year. We'll just have series 13. And then that special that we would have had at New Year, that will just be part of the two specials we're going to get next year. So they'll do it that way. Either way, this rumour suggests that, yes, Jodie might be going, or she probably is going, but not at the timeline that we uh, predicted that it would be, not follow the normal format. So... Where do you sit on this one, dude? Because when I first read it, I was like, hmm, that's going to be weird because does that mean that in 2022, we're only going to have two episodes of Doctor Who? And then in 2023, it's all going to go mad because it's the 60th, you know, and would Jodie stick around even? You know, she might do those two specials, leave it on a cliffhanger. Then she comes back for one more episode for 2023 for the 60th, involves some other Doctors some other people, and then that's a springboard into a new era, you know, with a new Doctor and stuff. So what do you reckon on this one, dude? I I, I mean, I can see this happening. I, I can totally see this happening. But I think it's a, it's just a mess. This whole thing just feels like a mess to me, mate. The the, the big gaps in between series, I, I mean, as I, I know I said I'm not Jodie's biggest fan, but I f- kind of feel sorry for her because she's come into this role, and I'm sure this can't have been the plan to have all these massive gaps and she's probably like she probably just wants to get on and film the series and read the scripts and all this sort of stopping and starting and i'm i know covid's played a part in it but you know i I just think the whole thing is so messy and it's it's really hard we were just talking about keeping the enthusiasm going weren't we you know it's really hard to to sort of keep people invested apart from really hardcore fans if you're going to have these massive gaps uh between series and then you expect people to sort of you know, wait out for two specials where she's going to regenerate two episodes in a year. Um, and then we're in the 60th. So do we have a new doctor coming in and trying to, who's going to try and sort of, you know, make their impact, you know, around the 60th, are they going to get a series? The whole thing just seems really messy to me. I, I don't, don't get it, but I, I gen, yeah, I can genuinely see this happening. So I think this is what's going to happen. So we'll, yeah. see. we'll see how yeah. it plays out, but, I don't know. It's it's just so hard to keep your enthusiasm up reading stuff like this. You know, I just, I kind of just feel like, eh, 
you know, I'm kind of bored of Jodie's doctor. I kind of think it'd be best if she just left and we got a new one for a couple of years and then we're into the 60th. All this sort of like, yeah, she's doing another six episodes, then another two episodes next year. It just feels like, oh, is that it? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just give us something fresh. It's 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 all starting to feel really stale. And um, sorry, I'm, I'm sounding a bit downbeat. Aren't I? But <laughs> see, I mean, I've got to be honest. It's just all getting a bit uh, hard work, really, to, to keep invested in stuff like this. No, but, read you, dude. No, read you. Yeah. I Sorry can... to be on a downer. It's just the way I feel. I no, just, no, dude, no. You know, I just, I just want Doctor on the telly and I just want to enjoy it and I just <laughs> want to be looking forward to it. I don't want to be thinking, oh, well, that, those six episodes are done and, uh, oh, we've got two episodes next year. And, uh, you know, it's just like, what? <laughs> we just want good Doctor Who back on the telly. Is that too much to ask, baby? <laughs> Is that too much to ask? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I can, I can kind of see this happening. But, yeah. but unfortunately, the way that, BBC is handling the uh, Doctor Who and Chibbers the way he handles it at the minute. It's going to be wrapped up in a in a sort. Of, so when David Tennant was leaving, he did his final series, but then we had a series of specials afterwards. So it's not unlike them to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, the difference yeah. is is that was properly planned that that was going to happen and not by accident. It wasn't a case of shall we do another series? Shall we do series five with David with David Tennant? And then he regens at the end, or shall he regen at the end of four? They actually properly planned to do four specials. That was not an accident. This feels like oh, like series thirteen was a bugger to do, and yeah. filming still not a hundred percent where it needs to be in terms of working around COVID and and things like that. So shall we just make life easy for ourselves and just do a couple of specials? Because they're still filming right now, even though series 13 is supposedly done. I don't know whether they're doing pickups or reshoots. I'm not sure, but they are still filming now. That suggests to me that they've, they're, well, they're working on post-production for series 13 and these are what's going to happen next year. So I can, I can see this happening. And if that's the case, then we're in for another really quiet year next yeah. year, aren't we? So, because even this year is going to be quiet because they've trimmed, what is it normally, 10 episodes plus a special down to eight. And if they shift the special to next year to make it part of these two, if the rumours are true, then it's going to be very quiet still. For oh, who? yes, it's eight episodes. I, was, I don't know why I was thinking it was six. I, I, yeah, I'll tell you why I thought that, because I'd heard, <laughs> we don't do rumours on the show, but I, <laughs> I'd heard a rumour that they'd have, they were, they were going to cut it even further, but um, that doesn't seem to have come true. So th- let's hope we get eight episodes at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, at I least. heard, heard yeah. that it, it'd gone down to six because of a certain person being uh, axed from the show, but I don't know. That's probably not true. Hopefully. No, I don't think so. No. So there we go. We will keep you guys updated when we hear more on this or if it's confirmed but yeah potentially dude no series 14 next year jody sticking around for two specials and then it might pick up the year after for the 60th who knows but there is nothing about that news that i like but anyway moving on that's <laughs> just oh that's all i've got to say to that right moving on to very sad news actually i'm afraid um damaris Heyman uh passed away at the age of 91 um just the other week and uh, she was a, a great actress with a really, really long uh, list of credits to her career. 
she was in loads of things over the years um, Crossroads, Steptoe and Son, Zed Cars, of course. Of course. Uh, One Foot in the Grave, <laughs> Morgan Wise. Um, but of course, she'll be best remembered as uh, being in The Daemons, the uh, Doctor story. Uh, and I have to say, I, I found this really moving when I, I saw Dar- Damaris had passed away because I went to. Um, uh, a day out in Oldball where they filmed it uh, called A Weekend at Devil's End and she was there. Yeah, and they had like Katie Manning was there and John Levine and obviously Damaris and um, I just remember she just, she's quite frail but she was still so full of like enthusiasm and she spoke so, you could just tell that she absolutely loved this part uh, of playing Miss Hawthorne in the Damons and it was, yeah, it's just lovely to see her and, and Katie and everything. So it's, it's very sad news and um but as I said, great legacy of TV behind her and a lovely, lovely person as well. Just such a nice lady. So, yeah, Damaris Heyman, 91. Uh, it's sad, dude. Yeah. And she was a cool character in The Demons as well. She, a great uh, story, yeah. Mm, and she had her own spin-off, didn't she? The uh, Koch Media put out The White oh, Witch right, of Devil's yeah. End. Uh, and that was too bad, actually. You can tell that even with that, she was still... That. Yeah, she was still really into her character. You know, she's still... Is that worth a watch? Is it? I've never seen it actually. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah, and she's very good in it though. I think the whole thing is around. If I think if she wasn't in it, then it would have just been not great at all. But you know, yeah, it's a good one. That was twenty seventeen, and she was, you know, she wasn't. She was knocking on a bit then still, but she was like you said, she was still full of uh, sort of life and enthusiasm about Doctor Who and and the character and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah she, that's good. Yeah, I guess what what I took away from that day uh, when I saw her was that she just, you know, certain actors um, that, that have had these sort of, you know, parts that they've maybe only been in one or two stories or whatever, but they they've just got so much like love for the show and the fans. That's just what I, that's just what I can picture when she was talking to us that she just loved engaging with everyone there and telling them about her experiences, you know, making the stories. And you're thinking, gosh, this was, you know, this is one role. How many years ago in her life, and she's still just lit up when she was talking about it so yeah yeah lovely lovely lady yes indeedy yep so that's all the news that we have for you guys today we're going to crack on with our reviews but before we do that remember to follow and subscribe to our show listen for free basically on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on uh, you'll find us on there. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast. You'll see us on there. Uh, or we have a link to those things over on the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. And if you've got a second, if you like our show, you can leave a review, things like Apple Podcasts, or if you head over to the uh, the podcast sort of directory website, Podchaser, you can leave a review there as well. If you've got the, like just one minute spare to do that, that would be awesome because that helps us out loads and loads. And thank you so much to our current um reviewers uh, over on apple Podcasts and podchaser you guys are really you say such lovely things it's really really nice to hear so thank you so much for taking the time to do that you guys are awesome for that we are on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook again links on the website or just do a search for us and we have a free discord server as well there's a link to that on the website it takes like 30 seconds to sign up to that really cool community over there come and hang out and chat doctor who uh, uh, over there also check out all of the really awesome reviews and articles over on our website from our writing team um maria jordan and mark some really cool stuff over there jordan just launched his uh, doctor who series six pitch so these are really cool articles basically jordan puts himself in the chair of showrunner and what he would do with this with a series of doctor who they're really really cool and then we had mark drop in his review of big finish out of time too 
Uh, and then we had Maria doing her recap 25 years on from the Doctor Who movie. So some really, really cool stuff over there. And lastly, remember to check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. It is, in fact, The Geek's Handbag. Yeah, yeah. I'm just working on a new video, the video at the moment, actually, in the sweltering heat. <laughs> did about 20 takes the other day because I was like, oh, just, oh. Yeah, anyway, yeah, go and check out my YouTube channel. Should be some new vids coming soon. Indeedy. Yes, and Adam is on the socials under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. Go and check oh, him out. And we can all talk about Doctor Who in a nice, friendly environment. Indeedy, because we don't put up with any nonsense. Basically, right, let's crack on with our review. What have we got this week, dude? Yeah, so it's uh, back to the glory years. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I, I just... Well, it is. It's, it's back to the David Tennant era um, with the two-parter, the last... Uh, what well, no, was it? The Sound of the Drums, Last of the Time Lords. Let the work of government begin. People of the Earth, we bring great gifts. Doctor, what do we do? Better start running. He's got control of everything. Run for your life! It's as if he's mesmerised the entire world. And these are my friends. Hopper! Get out of here! Take it! Fire! Tomorrow, we take our place in the universe. Once the Empire is established, and there's a new Gallifrey in the heavens. Maybe then it stops. Ever since I was a child, I looked into the vortex. That's when it chose me. The drumming, the call to war. Can't you hear it? Martha Jones is there. She's going to save the world. A bit late for that. Oh, my God. I'll get him, even if it kills me. And understood, Miss Jones. Once the Empire is established, and there's a new. Nice trailer, that one. Yeah, good trailer. Another good trailer. Another good one. Yeah. Right then, so the Sound of Drums and Last of the Time Lords. So the first part of this, it's obviously the two part finale to Series 3. The first part went out on the 23rd of June and then the second part went out uh, a week later on the 30th of June. It was written by Russell T. Davis, uh, both of them directed by uh, Colin Teague, although Graham Harper apparently did some directorial stuff uh, on the Last of the Time Lords. It stars David Tennant, obviously, uh, as the Doctor from this era. It stars Freeman Agerman as Martha Jones, John Barrowman as Captain Jack, John Sim as the Master, and then a fairly healthy list of supporting cast uh, actors as well. And the synopsis for these ones are very cool. So the 10th Doctor, Martha Jones and Jack Harkness return to present-day London, horrified to discover that Prime Minister Harold Saxon is, in fact, the master. Saxon, quote-unquote, informs the world about receiving contact from an alien race called the Toclophane. Framed as fugitives, the Doctor, Martha and Jack try to sneak in and stop the master before he unleashes a wave of terror but his dark ambitions reach far beyond the stars. And then the next part is one year later, the Master and the Toclophane are rulers of Earth, which is torn apart by a year of hell. The Tenth Doctor has been aged by 900 years, and Jack Harkness and the Jones family have been reduced to slavery on the Master's ship, the Valiant. 
The only hope for everyone on Earth is Martha Jones, now a legend amongst humanity. As the Master prepares to turn the Earth into a giant warship that will ultimately engulf the rest of the universe, Martha must trek through dangerous territory to destroy him. But tragedy awaits her, the Doctor and her family, on the day that will pit humanity against the stars. So all epic stuff here, dude. Mm. All big, epic, big, epic Doctor Who stuff. So what are your thoughts on this two-part of them? Yeah, it is big, epic stuff, isn't it? It feels really, um, yeah, it feels like throwing lots lots of stuff in there. Yeah, I, I really like it. Um, I mean, I, I love Utopia. The, the story before it and i guess you could say this is sort of a three-part you know sort of the first part to this double double episode if you like and and we've reviewed utopia and i think we both agreed it, the, the cliffhanger to that is phenomenal um like watching that back in the day i was like how on earth are they going to pick this up next week and uh they kind of do it's kind of a quick resolution i remember the first time i watched this being a bit disappointed actually how quickly they resolve that cliffhanger uh in the sound of the drums but um, watching it again yesterday, I, I guess you've got to do that because there's, we're, we're starting sort of a new story, really, with the master being prime minister and, and uh, Toclophane. So you've got to just move on to this two-parter. And uh, so it does actually work better than I remembered. What struck me about rewatching this yesterday is how dark the storyline is. It's really dark and sinister. There's some really sort of gothic horror moments in this. The master is just pure evil um in this story and i gained a much more appreciation for sims master what re-watching this yesterday because the first time this aired um because i have such love for like delgado and and, and anthony ainley i felt sim hadn't quite got the character of the master when i first rewatched when i first watched this sorry because he seemed a bit too evil you know there was none of that sort of charismatic side of the master so for me i thought at first i was like yeah i like him as the master but he's not he's, he's a bit too evil you know he's not not really got that other side to him that i think the master's got Rewatching this again yesterday uh, and it's the first time i've rewatched this two-parter in quite some time um i actually really loved sims master and there are some actually really nice comedic moments in it you do actually see that side of the master in in certain scenes like when he's watching the teletubbies which i, I guess is a throwback to when uh, Delgado's master was watching, um, what were they called? The, the, the oh, what was the kids' TV show? Can't think. But the view, listeners will know. So the, there was a scene where the Delgado master was watching like a kids' show in in uh, I think it's the Sea Devils. Um, so yeah, there are moments like that. But but Sim is actually giving a really great performance. I mean, he is just full of energy in every scene he's in, and he really has threat. You know, and I think at the time I may have found it a bit too much, but watching it again yesterday, I mean, the stakes are high throughout the whole two parts. There's no moment when it lets up. The master's pretty much winning all the way through this story right up until the end. You know, there's no moment when it sort of flips and the doctor's in control and then he's back. The master's pretty much, you know, um, on top of of, of the of the uh, war all the way through this. Um, so there's a really good threat level to it throughout the whole story so before we sort of really delve into it my thoughts are i think it's a really good two-parter there are a couple of little flaws in it of course as with any story um, but i think the cast give a good performance and i really enjoyed rewatching it i thought it was a really good two-parter the only thing that really lets it down for me is the conclusion (laughs) Um, I, i didn't like it at the time 
and I still don't like it on a rewatch. This whole thing of Martha spreading the doctor's name and him suddenly becoming like this archangel that flies out the cage at the end. I, I just can't get on board with that. But having said that, thanks to Murray's brilliant music. And I did, even though I don't like the idea, I still got a little chill as the doctor rose up and came towards the master and the master was like, no, don't say it. I, I still got a chill from it. So on some levels it still works. So I kind of forgive it, but, but that's really my only sort of negative for the story is I don't kind of like the way the doctor is resurrected or whatever. Yeah. Mm. But it's, it's a good two part, mate. I, I, I enjoyed rewatching this yesterday and, and I really liked Sim in it, which is something which, I wasn't expecting in terms of, I really liked him, not just thought, yeah, he's okay. I really liked him in it. So it was really good. Mm. Mm. So it's a thumbs up mm. for thumbs both up. parts. I thought both parts were good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, dude, this is, um, this is really enjoyable. Who mm. overall it is, it is. Yeah. There are some flaws, as you said, I don't think any, well, hardly any story singular or, a two or three parts, whatever is perfect. However, when I rewatched both of these parts yesterday, I can't tell you just how awesome it was to watch, uh, to watch this, just this era has, I don't mean to sound cliched and stuff, but it just does have a, a, a magical feel to it. It just really feels like there's no, there's no expectation around, what fight you're going to have on Twitter the following day after you've watched the episode. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you just yeah. watched it and you enjoyed it. Everything was just firing, especially at this point in tenants doctors, like he's gone through, um, he's at the end of two series now at this point, absolutely found his feet as the doctor, oh. even way before this, but right now he's just so rocking and rolling. And it's interesting because the, um, last of the time Lords, it's actually a bit of a Doctor Light finale episode, it isn't is. it? Yeah, I'd forgotten how little he's in it, yeah. Yeah, but even so, when he is in it, he's just awesome. And he's in it a lot more in the, um, in the Sound of Drums. But So he's rocking and rolling. And just the production and the, like the script is just, other than a couple of little bits, it's pretty much solid. It's a really, really awesome script. Very dark in places, as you mentioned. Very dark, yeah. And, uh, and it, mate, it's just... So nice to go back and because I haven't seen this finale in a long time. Same, yeah, long old time. And like you said, John Sims, he's kind of, you know, you're a bit up and down with him at times. You think he's a bit OTT unnecessarily, but then you think he's, he's is he nailing this? I can't. I'm not really sure. But then rewatching it, he's like, yeah, he's got just that consistently crazy look about him. He's almost like the Joker from Batman. There, do you know there yeah. are scenes where he reminds you of that. I mm-hmm. did think that, yeah. Yeah, he's got that sort of psychotic. Like and I the think gas the, bit. Yeah, you the, know, when he puts his thumbs up, I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah, defo. Yeah, and I think the, the two the two main elements for me that re- I really like it outside of what I've just spoken about is first of all, it really does feel like the master's winning, and the doctor and his his guys are are really up against it, and the threat is very much there. And um, and you almost think like, how on earth are they, are they going to get out of this? How because yeah. the master just seems to have like a watertight plan, and everything's rock, rocking for him. So the threat level is really good. Like as you're 
watching through both episodes, it's like, crap, how, how are they going to get out of this? And then the other thing is, you know, we say about the stars aligning and things like that. It's one of those episodes where Murray's music is not in your face all the time, but it's got a, some of his music is just, it's just tears in your eyes sort of moment they use this is gallifrey a few times you know across these these two parts and when they do use it it's like wow that's like a hit in the chest kind of moment and it's amazing and and it's also got like the right mixture of kind of time lordy lore gallifrey and stuff dropped in there it's got the relationship side of things between the doctor and the master it's got some cool just general doctor who coolness about it for the for its era for the time a little bit of humor in there and stuff so it's just got for me it's got that really big uh, a really good sorry mixture of the right ingredients that produce a really really good story and um it was just so enjoyable mate when i when i finished watching them i was like bloody hell that was just so good i didn't reach for my phone i didn't do anything i just watched them back to back and it was just awesome. It just took me back to a place where I, I remember picking up the Series 3 box set on DVD and watching that and binge-watching all of Tenant's era pretty much in one block years ago and getting to that point and thinking, this is like peak. <laughs> how, how are they going to do? And then, you know, we saw even better stuff with Series 4 and the specials and stuff. But, mm. yeah, dude, this is like just so enjoyable to watch. It stands yeah. out really well, doesn't it? Because that's the other thing. I was worried that sometimes when you get a final, when you're watching it at the time, you get all the sort of bells and whistles and it's all great. But then once you've seen it once, you go back and revisit it and you're like, no, it doesn't have that same, you know, it's kind of all the excitement's gone because you know what's coming. But watching this two-parter again yesterday, um, as I said, because the master's so in control all the way through and yes, you know what's coming, but it's still, I still felt that sort of, um, that danger from him. And it was still... I think it held up pretty well. It's still a, a, a really good, it's quite intense uh, time watch, you know. Um, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever got over <laughs> the, the Toclophane reveal. I mean, that is so dark, that little flashback to that kid. And you realise that that kid has become that, the, the Toclophane, you know, the face with the wires in it. I mean, that is horrific, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I, I, at the time, I was sort of open-jawed. And even yesterday, rewatching it, I was like, I can't believe like, you know, that's so dark. Um, but it's kind of that, you know, that's, that's good because, you know, in, in Doctor Who over the years, we've had moments like that. And Doctor Who does push boundaries and go, to, you know, to these areas, you know, hence why people say, Oh, I hid behind the sofa because Doctor Who has moments like that. And it's, I think this feels very sort of classic in that going back and rewatching it. It's like, yeah, this is still the same show. You know, it's still got that effect on me. Um, and I'm a big fan of series three, you know, I really like Martha. Um, I think she's a great companion and she, she gets a good sort of story. Cause like you said, the doctor's not in the second episode too much. So I think it holds up really well. I still found it a good watch and, um, the effects, uh, special effects as well. They're quite, uh, I mean, they, they, they look okay for the time, you know, the, the, the it's difficult because what year was this? 2007. Yeah. Um, you know, Russell's asking quite a lot of the effects team uh, in terms of the mini doctor when he's put in the cage, you know, for the time, even with CGI at the level it was at, there's, you know, that Russell's still asking quite a lot of the effects team in this. And for the most part, I think it 
the effects stand up quite well. Um, I think the the Doctor in the Cage would probably look better if they did it now. Um, I don't think it looked 100% brilliant at the time, but it's good enough. You know what I mean? It still works. It still has that desired effect um, to make it feel real enough, if you like. Mm -hmm. Because you do feel sorry for the Doctor, and you wonder how the hell he's ever going to get out of that cage you know the master's really putting him through the ringer in this and um i just got to mention murray's music as well because i think murray's music really helps sell a lot of the scenes in this it really backs up what's going on on screen to to convey the emotions um and he's he's not playing it safe murray in this you know because the master theme's great you know playing on that three knocks is a brilliant it's really creepy um and then Murray, you know the bit when the doctor's being shrunk by the master when just before he turns into there's just a suit on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that crazy scene when the doctor's in the wheelchair and the master's really putting him through it till he shrinks to the little doctor. That music, I don't actually like it, but it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the fact that Murray's trying something different, even though I think it's like like do you know the, what I mean? It almost oh, no, sounds yeah. like a techno. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that is a really weird piece of music to use for that scene, but it does kind of work. Um, and I just like the fact that Murray's just not, you know, selecting track three of, you know, the series two soundtrack, you know, he's trying new stuff and I, I like that. Yeah. That's a really cool thing, actually. Now you've mentioned it, the, um, the, the, the four knocks thing and how yeah. that, because it's used really three well knocks. throughout three knocks. four knocks. Yeah. Is it three? Yeah. Three knots in. Four, dude. Oh, it's four, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> right, let's get our fingers out and count. Dun, 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 dun. I've written three four. on my pad. I'm just going to change that. Four. Yeah. So the four knocks <laughs> thing is used um, really well throughout this because it kind of, it it's isolated just to the master in mm. this story. And you think, right, that's, it's just his craziness. It's just in his head. And, there's been fan theories about uh, that whole thing around, um, you know, is it a Time Lord's heartbeat? Um, oh, I love that theory. I like that. You know, that kind of, you know, all that, regardless of what it is, uh, I think Russell C. Davis did uh, debunk that at some point. I think he said it was just his alarm clock made that sound, a similar oh. sound that woke him up um, and he just used it. But it's a nice theory. Um, but uh, but the, in this particular story, they 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 isolate that whole four knocks thing as this drumming sound as something that's in the master's head but the way that russell is i don't know if he had foresight for this or if when he was writing um david tennant's very last story whether he went back and think actually i'll reuse that i'm not sure which way around it was but it's the they reuse it in the very last finale for david tennant don't they and it yeah, culminates yeah. with wilf using that same rhythm when he's tapping on the glass. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. Um, oh, it's giving me chills just thinking about it. I know, same. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really cool that they have this connected stuff. And that's the difference, I think, between when Russell writes the more sort of arc-based connected stuff versus Moffat. The, the Moffat stuff is in your face. As you're watching through Series 6 or Series 7, it's like he's visually and audibly giving you these big cues to link all the stuff together. Whereas this, it's like, oh, do you remember the four knocks that was back in Last of the Time Lords and stuff like that? You don't realise it until you go and watch it and you think, oh, that was that. Um, 
and that the whole connected stuff works really well as they flitted between Torchwood and Doctor Who. So the whole thing starts, doesn't it, with the episode Captain Jack Harkness from Torchwood. Then we flip over to... Uh, then it continues a bit more in End of Days for Torchwood. Then it flips over to Utopia, and then we continue with Sound the Drums, Last of Time Lords. But you don't necessarily connect the dots immediately. You just think, oh, they reference that stuff in Torchwood. Oh, cool. And then that thing, and then... Yeah, so they they release that sort of craziness from the master's head, and it's actually ah, it plays a bigger part, a bit like the crack in the wall, I suppose, for series five. Yeah. Although yeah. that's a bit more sort of in your face. This is a bit more like, yeah, it, I, I I just love the way that Russell took this crazy, psychotic thing that's sort of driving the master mad, and that was his thing. And then towards the end of Tenant's Ear, it's like oh, actually, this whole four knocks thing. It was a bit more of a prophecy kind of thing that was after the Doctor. So, you know, it's that kind of uh, law stuff. Russell's brilliant at intertwining, isn't he? Because, I mean, mm. even in this story, he brings in elements from other stories that you wouldn't have seen coming. Like I said, the Toclavane reveal uh, of, you know, that being the people going on the spaceship and, and you've got the Doctor's hand comes back into it. And so there's loads of little bits that he draws from previous stories that he just weaves in beautifully in this story um just seamlessly um and i i agree with you i love this idea that the master because he is obviously at this point sims playing the master uh, a bit crazy um but it's great isn't it this idea that he's got these drumming sound in his head that's driving him nuts you know and it's pushing him to be this you know quite dangerous personality because he's literally it's driving him insane basically i think it's a great idea and it's the flashback we get um, when the doctor's telling the story of the master um, and we see, you know, the Gallifrey Citadel and the young master looking into the untempered schism. It, I mean, what a scene it's even watching it yesterday. You know, you talk about chills, that scene with Murray's music is just classic to see that young master staring in and and the, the, the beginnings of his sort of, becoming the you know the the person that he is um and the doctor knowing that he could still be saved because he wasn't always like that but you know as a kid this happened and you know and he's now got these drums and the doctor just wants to help him doesn't he really which is what he's always wanted to do if you think about the third doctor and dagada's master yeah they have their their sort of um fights and everything but at the end of the day the doctor just wants to help the master even when he gets shot at the end you know the doctor's just mortified isn't he and that scene got me Mm -hmm. uh, again um you know that 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 still gets me that the the master's like no i'm not living in the tardis for you for the rest of my days i'd rather die so you know that is so the doctor master so again that's why i feel like i've sort of grown a bit more appreciation for sims master because that relationship between the doctor and master is still very much the same between these two even though these this doctor and master are very different to the third doctor and Delgado, that relationship I, I realized still very much there rewatching this yesterday. Um, and that drum beat, you know, the four knocks, do you say that was Russell's alarm clock? Cause yes, I've, yeah. I've always had the, I don't know where I got this from. I always thought it was the, the bass in the doctor who seemed. I just assumed I always thought, Oh, that's brilliant. That Russell's incorporated the doctor who seemed to be these drums in the master's head, but that maybe I've just, 
there's it's just a theory that I come up with, but I, I still like that because it is. You know what I mean? It's still the four knocks. So yeah, that's. I don't know. It's just a coincidence. So yeah. So I don't know which which um which um release it was, but apparently in Doctor Who magazine. So this would have been back in oh whenever it was 2007, 2008 or onwards, whenever Russell was interviewed by Doctor Who magazine. But they did ask him about the whole Four Knocks thing because a lot of fans said, is it inspired by Ron Grainer's original theme tune? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Or is it the Doctor Who's heartbeat and stuff like that? And he did say, unfortunately for for you guys, it's not. Um, My alarm clock played that kind of similar rhythm uh, when it goes off. So that's what inspired the Four Knocks thing. So oh, the Russell, reality is not as lovely as the um, <laughs> theories. As the theories, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know what um, what number Doctor Who magazine that is. Maybe our listeners will know and let us know. But yeah, so John Sim did just rocking and rolling. It's always a tricky one with when you have iconic characters that have been played so brilliantly in the past, like mm. Delgado and so on. And you think, especially with the nostalgia goggles on as well, you think. You know, nobody could ever replace. I don't think it's about replacing. I think it's just having because it would have been crap if John Sim just tried to emulate one of the previous. You know, it would have it yeah, wouldn't have worked. True. So he did have to put a sort of modern zany psycho. And the reason why I say he reminds me of of Batman from Joker because, and again, not all not all Jokers have been written well like that. But for me, the best version of of baddies like that, like the, like the Joker. Um, and this version of the master is that they could just just create hell for the sake of it at any second. There's that always that element of they're on the edge, and they're just that little bit crazy enough that you know would they actually push the button? You know, and this and they probably would because we do have various stories throughout every genre where the bad guy has a case of conscience at the end. You know, and, and would he actually press the button? And I think John Sims' master would. Which is Definitely. why he's so threatening and so effective uh, with that, and um, yeah, because he does do it a couple of times, doesn't he? Like when the there's what's what looks like a, just a reporter turns up at the at Downing Street because at this point in the story he's the prime minister, obviously, and um, he's living there with his wife who doesn't look thrilled <laughs> at times. It's all about it, uh, and um, there's that woman that turns up, Vivian Rook. She uh, she says that she's from the Sunday Mirror. She's doing an interview, but she's actually probing more into because she knows that something's not right with with this with the Prime Minister with Saxon. And there's that bit where she just starts to she just starts to crack at the end. Lucy, she starts to really like. Actually, yeah, you're right. There isn't something quite right about him. But then we have that really sinister minute where he's standing there, just there by the yeah. door, and that's what I mean. Where he would do it because. The Toclophane turn up, and then he's just like killer. And he's then it's ruthless. You're ruthless, yeah. And then there's that quite funny bit where she's screaming. He opens the door. He opens it again. She's still screaming. Shuts it, and he's got that sort of, sort of mocking a little bit. He's just like, oh god, and he's you know, it's a bit funny, but he's really cool in that respect. Do you know, that's a that's a prime example of a scene that I didn't like when I first watched it. <laughs> and y- yesterday I found it really funny on a rewatch. It is funny, I think actually. Sometimes you're yeah. a bit, as a Dot 2 fan, like you said, you know that Sim's going to be the master. This is his first sort of proper episode as the master. You know, we briefly 
seen him in Utopia, but this is his first chance to really get to know his master. And I think when, as a Dot Two fan, when you're first watching this, you're sort of judging every single thing that that they do. And uh, I remember sort of thinking at the time, oh, that's oh, that's just we're getting comedic now and it's silly. But but I loved it yesterday because it it does. It's a really gr- gruesome scene, and I think you need that humour to balance it. So I actually really I was I was smiling uh, at that joke yesterday, whereas before I I probably wasn't. And did we know? Because I'm trying to remember now, but did we didn't know back in the day that the the master was Saxon? Did we until this episode? Was this the reveal? Because obviously Saxon, the posters had sort of been in the background of a few scenes, and people had picked up on it. Who is Mister Saxon? And I have a feeling that this was sort of the reveal, wasn't it? But back in the day, it would have been the master is Mr. Saxon and Mr. Saxon is the prime minister. So that, I think that was probably a, a big reveal back then. But I can't remember because it's so long ago. Because now we just know it's the master, don't we? Just, yeah, yeah. But I, I think, think that would have probably been the big reveal, I think, back then. Yeah, I think, um, oh, I think he was referencing Utopia, though. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because he regenerates, isn't he? He's in. He's at the end of of Utopia. Oh, yeah, but I think as as Saxon though, as Harold Saxon. Sorry, as Harold Saxon. Yeah, then um, yeah, I think this is the first reveal sort of thing. The first time we see him as Prime Minister and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sorry. Last thing I like about John Sim is that alongside the just craziness and the psychotic um, stuff. He seems to really enjoy it as well. Oh, he looks like he's having a ball. Which is great. There's that one scene where the the president of the United States turns up because he <laughs> the, um, the master sort of wraps this whole thing up with the toclophane as, oh, you know, first con- well contact with a new race of aliens. And, you know, it's a historic day. And um, so the president turns up. And there's that bit where they're, they're up on his ship, aren't they, the Valiant, uh, which looks, you know, I'm pretty sure that the MCU took... Uh, inspiration I from that, that with the yeah definitely yeah with um uh, with I the hover yeah the hover uh, ship yeah. um uh, but yes um uh, it's uh, you know shield and you know their whole big hover ship and stuff and furious yeah. anyway um there's a bit where he sat around the table and the prime minister's like getting a bit sort of worked up he's anxious and stuff John's in, uh, the master just sat there at the table having a good old crack and a laugh. And then we have that little throwback. Do you want a jelly baby? And he's just sat there having a good old laugh. And it's not until he decides he's in control. He decides that, right. Uh, you know, he just stands up in, from his chair with authority. Oh, on, yeah. yeah. And that's it from that point on, you know, he, he was in control anyway, but to the world looking in, he's like now taken over and he's, he's doing his thing so that's the other thing i love as well he's having a laugh and a joke and he's smiling he's just relishing in the whole thing he knows his plan is working he knows he's on track the doctor's not a threat right now and even if he is he handles the doctor's attempt to stop it all quite easily and you know the whole thing that the you know that when they're in the warehouse and the doctor works up the perception filters and stuff you yeah. know, the master's like, you know, that wouldn't work on me. You know, this is ridiculous. Sort of thing. Yeah. So anyway, not going to talk about John Sim for too long, but he was on a rewatch really, really good. I think in this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think he, he, like you said, he, the master's relishing in all the stuff he's doing. And I think, um, watching it again yesterday, I think John Sim appears to be relishing in the part. Just one last thing on him though. Um, 
I remember like when he when we found out he was coming back in the Capaldi era, thinking because obviously I I liked him before, but I wasn't overly in love with his master at the time. Um, so I remember thinking, oh, good, it's a chance for him to look at what he did right and what he did wrong, and you know, and and come back and play the part a little differently. And I think John Sim himself said that that he was you know he always wanted a second chance to to get it right, if you like. Um, I'd have to rewatch the Capaldi episode, but I have to say, I think I actually prefer him in this. I don't, I don't remember particularly liking the sort of portrayal, um, in the Capaldi two-parter. Uh, well, I did like it, but I didn't think it added anything. I don't think he sort of, I don't know. I, I think rewatching this yesterday, I preferred, preferred Sim in this story, but I don't know. I haven't watched that Capaldi story for so long. I can't really remember him in it. Oh, the Doctor Falls. Doctor Falls, yeah. I think it's because yeah. I didn't like all the stuff with Missy. There was a few innuendo lines which I felt were really inappropriate stuff. So, yeah, if anything, I think rewatching this again, I, I actually prefer him in this. I think I, think I do, mate, better. as well. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he he wasn't as he wasn't as zany. That's probably by design, but he just wasn't as yeah. as we remember in this one. Um, yeah, and he, even in um, the end of time when he comes back. Oh well, yeah, of course. I forgot about that. You know yeah. when he comes back and then he he uh, he kind of saves the Doctor at the end, doesn't he? You know he's got his pistol and he's like going back and forth between the Doctor and the mm-hmm. Time Lords, and he got Rassle on there, and then he tells the Doctor to duck, and then he, you know that bit that was like I thought it was the Doctor that had the pistol. Oh, sorry, the Doctor had the pistol. Yeah, but at the end he's got the pistol, doesn't he? He tells the Doctor to duck, and then he shoots oh, Rassel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So in that scene, he's not he's still nuts you know the where he's all running around and he's they do that really horrific looking thing where he's uh where he's eating a whole chicken and you know that horrible bit there and so he's kind of still like that but i think in this one i think he's a bit more rounded because he knows he's in control and um yeah so he's on he knows the game plan he knows what he wants to do and for the most part he kind of achieves most of it it's not right until the very end where a lot of people consider the ending to be rushed. You know, the whole Jesus moment yeah. <laughs> with the doctor and stuff. It's uh yeah. So John Sim. Awesome. I think we can agree on a rewatch. Yes, he's very good. Yeah. yeah. Definitely better than I, I remembered. Yeah. Yes. I think you're right. I'm confusing his master with the later one where, yeah, the, the, he is quite zany, isn't he? Like you said, the eating the chicken, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm getting this sort of performances mixed up. Um, yeah. Just before we finish with the master, you know he gets burned at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does that remind me of Star Wars? I, oh. I mean, genuinely, why does it? Because every time I watch it, I think of Star Wars, but I don't know why. Is there a scene in Star Wars where like Darth Vader gets burned or something? Or because every time I watch that, I think it's a homage to a scene in Star Wars. But am I just? Um, no. Well, you're the man. To, I thought you'd be the man to ask. Well, I'm not sure. Does Vader get burned? Well, there's obviously the 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 very well-known scene of Anakin being burnt at the end of episode three. That must be what I'm thinking of. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, I just okay. thought it was like a homage to that. Homage. Okay. No, I didn't see that. But maybe not. Maybe I read into it too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about some other characters. Because I think story-wise, although it's, um, it is fairly simplistic, basically the Master wants to take over the world. He's brought back the Toclophane, which is very dark. Let's just pick, on up, pick on up, up on that. That scene where... You know when Martha goes to see that doctor, what's her name? Um, and she basically finds a way to open up the toclophane and she can see 
Is it Doherty? What's in it? It's, um, yeah, it's a really, yeah, Doherty, Alison Doherty. And uh, it's, it, it kind of gets built up, but you didn't realise it was going to be dark like that. We knew it was going to be dark because the master was like, if I tell you, you're basically, you know, you'll be horrified sort of thing. And uh, oh, Well, that's a great line, isn't it? He says, if, when you, if I tell you, it'll break both your hearts. Both, sorry, both your hearts, oh, yeah. I, well, I thought it was a great line, that. Yeah. yeah, and he's right because I think if the Doctor wasn't captured at that point and it was the Doctor with Alison Doherty and he was the, that was the first time he saw that, I think he would be, <laughs> the Master's yeah. right, he would be completely shocked. So that's a nice little throwback to, um, to Utopia. So at the end, at the, in the rocket, when all the humans are on the rocket ship, and they go off to quote-unquote utopia. Uh, the master's actually captured them all, hasn't he? And, um, yeah, well, quite horrifically. Yeah. Uh, in a kind of sort of pseudo-Cybermen-y, Cybermen-esque kind of way, upgraded them, I think, because they seem quite happy in their little spheres, knocking around. So they don't seem like there's no complaints, really. <laughs> um, but it is quite dark, isn't it? Is it one of those moments where you're like, beep, that is yeah. freaking terrible. And I didn't see it coming. That's <laughs> the thing. I did because the master built, says it a couple of times. Like when you find out what they are, and you're like, "Well, what are they? Come on, tell us, tell us." So when they did finally reveal it, I, I mean, I never saw that coming. Never in a million years yeah, uh, saw yeah. that coming. Yeah, yeah. So the story is quite simplistic. The doctor's, uh, the master, sorry, is you know taken these humans, transform these into the Toclophane. The world thinks they're aliens. He wants, he wants to take over the universe, and he wants to use the Earth to do it. He wants the Earth to be his base of operations basically and and off he goes uh what did you think to just one um quick story thing um what did you think to so alongside that um we had the whole like i mentioned it's kind of a doctor light episode for the second part the focus was kind of on martha for a large Mm -hmm. portion that second bit and then captain jack and martha in the first bit with the doctor right decision to not have the doctor drive in that whole thing in the second um the second part because it is a big finale it's a big thing and he gets reduced to the old man in the wheelchair and then the little funny looking golem um character towards the end so he doesn't really do much until right at the very end so normally we have the doctor light episodes as a sort of one-off in the series just when they want to mix things up a bit so right decision though to not have David Tennant as the Doctor driving the plan and driving the offensive throughout the second part, but more so relying on Martha and other people. Yeah, it's funny because I think I think it works well, actually, surprisingly. Um, it has the same effect as in The Christmas Invasion for me, where he's in bed for nearly the whole story. <laughs> he has a good old run, uh, doesn't he, Tennant? Doesn't do much in, yeah, the, in the important right, ones. Yeah. <laughs> another, another easy day on set. Um, it has the same effect in that when he does finally come back, you're like, yes! Do you know what I mean? Because you've missed him. Um, and it, yeah, so it doesn't feel like I don't find myself thinking, come on, where's the doctor bringing back into I, I think the story carries itself well. And I think Martha's a, a strong enough character to sort of carry the scene she's in. I mean, the bit where the master lands on Earth to, to get her. Um, I love that. Like he's just walking down the street, isn't he? Going, come on, come out, little mouse. Or whatever. Like, yeah, great scene. And um, and I think Martha's good in the story so yeah right decision i think i think it works well and also it does add to the threat of how the hell is the doctor ever gonna get out of this he's been shrunk to a, a mini golem you know how the hell is he gonna 
come back. As I said, I think that it's a difficult one to get out of, isn't it? I don't like the whole sort of Jesus thing, but yeah, I don't know how else you could have really got around it, to be honest. The other thing I want to ask you was how do you feel about the reset? Because during the Moffat era, Moffat got a lot of stick for having a few stories where they basically pushed a reset button. And that was the conclusion. And I have to say, I'd forgotten that they kind of do the same in this story, don't they? Uh, they reset it to just bef- after the president dies. None of those people died. It's all good. No one will remember it apart from us. <laughs> there is a massive push of the reset button at the end of this, which I think we can forgive because at this point, I don't think it had been done so many times. Whereas in the Moffat era, they, they did it a few times, didn't they? So mm. I think I think we can forgive it in this one, can we? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's not to be confused with writing an easy way out i think that's kind of obvious yeah, sometimes yeah. you know that's good good way of putting it yeah yeah you can tell a mile off sometimes where the the writer for something has has kind of boxed themselves into a corner and the only way out of it is to do a bit of a big you know push the reset button but i think in this one it it feels more like it that was planned from the beginning anyway yeah i i feel like that was I, I do. Tr- it sounds weird, but I do trust Russell and his story writing skills. He's such a master at it. I don't think it's a sort of thing where he's like two bottles of wine down at one in the morning, scratching his head like, <laughs> "Who are you talking about?" How am I? Well, it sounds like Moffat, doesn't it? But um, <laughs> but I, I just cannot see Russell doing that. I can't see him no. having a panic attack like, "Oh my god, how is this going to wrap up?" We have no idea let's just do the the old faithful let's just go with the reset button and and, and that's it i think there's i think he he's got more that would be selling him short if if, if that was an intentional that's uh, sorry an, an accidental thing that some writers do so yeah it's kind of it's kind of one of those yeah, do we do we let them have it do they need I, I to do it i think it works but, yeah. i i think i can forgive it do you think they were used well in it did you like martha's family uh yeah i think so because <laughs> <laughs> i think previously they were a bit wet <laughs> yeah so i think her mum especially was very much like you shouldn't be doing this <laughs> a bit like yeah, a bit um, nagging yeah a bit like uh a bit like rose's mum to a degree but i think with jackie there was a lot more uh i humor. think she had reason well there was it was humor but i think she saw firsthand you know the dangers there um so uh, yeah, I think I think they were better because they were a bit more. They just pulled up their their big big person pants and got on with it. You know, there's a really good scene, isn't there? It's a bit like a James Bond espionage sort of thing where they've got the hand signals and they're showing oh, yeah, each other. Great. Yeah, and uh, that's they've concocted this plan so that they can get this. Uh, not the Sonic. It changes it, doesn't it? It's not the Sonic anymore. It's the whatever the master calls it. It's a, a Sonic. Um, it's a Sonic, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Sonic, but he he references it as, as something else, doesn't he? He says it's. Oh. Uh, so he says it's like no longer Sonic, something else. Uh, can't remember. Anyway, um, it's not the best plan, though, is it? I mean, Jack pulls himself free from the chains, which I thought, well, if he could do that, why didn't he do it anyway? <laughs> um, and then they they pretty much get captured straight away. It, that, I mean, it's a little bit filler, that actually, in a way, isn't it? But then mm. we, we've got to have a scene where they try and escape. So again, I can forgive it because obviously they're going to try and escape. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. 
He says it's touch control, doesn't it? That's why he says, you know, like like I would let you use my Sonic. You know, it has to have my handprint. I thought, well, yeah, that's a that's a good thing. That's the sort of thing the master would do. Yeah, and that was a bit weird because you would have thought the Doctor would have kind of known, yeah, because he's kind of on the same wavelength in a bizarre way with the master which it goes back to that relationship stuff you were talking about earlier so but anyway martha's parents um yeah they were cool because a bit more a bit of progression there for them they weren't just viewed as sort of the nagging parents or the separated parents where you know dad's gone off doing his thing naggy old mum they they seem to have rekindled this has brought them closer together so they're you know her mum and dad are getting closer together but also there's a really good good scene where where Martha's mum picks up the picks up a, gun. the gun at the end, uh, towards the end, and she's going to do it. She's going to because there's that scene where they're all three of them are like Martha's, Martha's uh, sister Tish. You Tish, know, yeah. They're all like, you know, I'm going to kill him. No, I'm not going to be the one to kill him. You know, and her dad's like, no, it's got to be me, sort of thing. So it's really cool that they've got a bit more uh, sort of oomph. oomph about them. Yeah, they're not just moaning about Martha uh, the whole time. So yeah, I think I thought they were quite cool. Let's talk about Freema, actually, because she had quite a bit to do. Yeah, yeah. She had quite a bit to do, and I would say probably one of her best performances as Martha. I really like her in this one because she has, as well as having stuff to do, she handles the various sort of emotional states of things really well. So at the beginning, she's very much, I think she kind of enjoys the bants between her and the Doctor and Captain Jack. You know, she kind of likes that. But then when when it hits the fan... She goes off, doesn't she? She goes round the world. We find out she's telling stories about the Doctor and stuff like that. But she gets viewed as this kind of legendary um, figure. Figure, yeah, which is kind of cool. But then she's really emotional because you know she she sees people die. She sees what's going on and and stuff. But then she's got that quiet confidence about her as well when she's telling the Master the plan at the end. You know, she's like, "I wanted to let um, Doherty know so that she could." She, she knew that she would let the master know about it so that he could bring her here at this precise moment. It was all set up, you know, everything's sort of cool. She's got that confidence. And then at the end, she's got that strength about her, whereas Rose just, you know, crumbles every time that, you know, she might not see the doctor again. The uh, Martha's like, actually, I'm good. You know, my family needs me. But, you know, what's just happened? You know, people need me. I'm going to stay. So she's got that strength about her as well which is good. So I really like her in this. I think Freeman had a good one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think Martha, quite an underrated companion. I, I think she's a, you know, a, a good character. And it's nice to, you know, see her getting some good meat on the bones in terms of the script. She gets the uh, good stuff to do. Uh, I really like the perception filter idea as well. I think that that's a really nice idea that, um, how do they describe it? That you... It's kind of like looking at someone, but you're looking to the side of them or whatever. I just think it's a really simple idea that um, actually could work. So I like that. But yeah, mm. I think Freeman gives a very good performance in it. Um, I think maybe should we talk about her exit as we're talking about her? Because, you know, she does say goodbye in this story. And mm. um, I think a lot of the things that people criticize when we talk about the character of Martha is the fact that she's, you know, in love with the doctor, but he doesn't love her back. And people don't like that because they're fed up with the <laughs> companion fancy and doctor. But I, I'll be honest. And I've said it before. I've never really had a problem with it because I think, you know, if you're traveling with someone like David Tennant's doctor, 
you know, is a good looking chap. You're on all these adventures together. You are, I think it would be quite hard not to sort of form some sort of attachment to them. So I don't really have a problem with Martha fancying the doctor. And I really like the speech she gives at the end where she says about, she had this friend who spent years wasting her life, you know, cause she fancied this guy who didn't look at her twice and, I told her to get out and this is me getting out. I really like that speech because I think a lot of people can, um, can associate with that. You know, I think it's a really, you know, it's a very true thing. A lot of people do fancy people that, you know, just don't give them the time of day, but they keep, you know, going back. And I, I just think it's a really good speech. And I like the fact that Martha tells him and the doctor is kind of forced to acknowledge. I mean, of course he's picked up that she fancies him, but he's just refused until this point really to acknowledge it and it's kind of like martha saying come on you know i like you in that way i could tell it's never going to happen i'm getting out and it's her decision and you know she's saying i'm not you know i'm not going to do this anymore so i I think it's a really good exit for her and uh, i don't have a problem with her fancying the doctor and because of that end speech i think it, it kind of brings the series to a nice conclusion for her character she's you know she's realized she's been on some good adventures she's realized it's not going to really happen with the doctor she's not going to waste any more of her time she's going to get on with her life and she's going to go back to her family so i think again russell just you know taking all those strands that he's created through martha's stories and bringing them to a really good ending i i I really like her exit i agree dude yeah and it's um (laughs) it's uh I, i just echo your what you've just said pretty much yeah it's i appreciate that she was written in a way that did show strength with the doctor because yeah. she could have very well changed her mind at the end. And there was a moment where you thought she might, because yeah. although the doctor looks a little bit excited to see her come back in the TARDIS at first, he's like in, in his mind, he's like, right, okay, we've dealt with all that On to the next adventure. He's kind of up for it, but then he looks at her and he can tell he's like, Oh, hold on. You know, something's not quite right. And he doesn't, he's not crappy with her anyway which is cool. But then she, when she comes back in the TARDIS, she runs back in. You think, oh, she changed her mind. She does want to go on an adventure, but you know, she's just getting, she's getting her thoughts out. What's in her head now while she's got the chance. Cause she knows full well that she's probably not going to see him again. Obviously she does later on. We, she comes back for a couple of things, but mm-hmm. she knows that how the doctor is, she's probably never going to see the TARDIS again or, or whatever, but yeah, and they could have easily done it the other way around. They could have done the whole crying her eyes out, you know, she wants to go, but the doctor's like, you're in too much danger, I almost got you killed. You know, that road that they've gone down a couple of times, you know, it's not safe. She's crying her eyes out, but I want to come, you know, a bit like a rose sort of thing. But, yeah. You know, but they didn't. They just went with that. She's strong enough, and confident enough in her own abilities that while that's cool, you know, a bit like Grace, I suppose, from the TV movie to a degree you know that's kind of that thing where they had a bit of a are they aren't they does she like him i think she does it's quite clear but you know ultimately at the end the doctor's just gone off solo um so it's kind of like that you know it's a strong female character it's not throwing shade but it's not a rose (laughs) 
yeah um, yeah i mean you couldn't yeah. do that again i mean that was i must admit i mean i prefer in a way to watch this exit than i would roses again because roses it, it does you know i think it wasn't that long i reviewed it was it It does go on a bit all the oh if there's one more time to say it. it's like you do you're almost shouting <laughs> the screen just say it and go <laughs> uh, whereas this i feel myself getting quite wrapped up in it and nodding along thinking about mm-hmm. yes we've all had someone we liked who didn't you know return the affection we've all you know we can all relate to that so i, I really like this exit and um yeah it is i think it's just martha she's been a strong character all the way through i think if you think about um family of the blood you know it's a great story for martha that is mm. and she's strong in that even though yes yeah, she's getting jealous of the doctor falling in love with someone else it's it, it still works you know I, mm. I think i prefer it really in the in the sort of in a way to sort of uh, to rose uh yeah, sort of, yeah lusting after Doctor Time. I think it works better with Martha in a way, but I know that's the thing that people often criticise her character for. It's like, oh, she was in love with the Doctor, you know. But mm-hmm. I think it works. I, I honestly do think it works. No, I agree, man. I agree. Uh, just want to very quickly talk about Captain Jack. Yeah. Because he does play a couple of important parts <laughs> in the story. Um, so I have an important question about Captain Jack, but okay. yeah, we'll get to it in a minute. So just to address the, the elephant in the room, we're not going to talk about John Barrowman for very long for obvious reasons. Now that's not because we feel a certain way or not about what's going on in the media right now and what's happening with John Barrowman. Um, but we're certainly not the sort of people that buy into this cancel culture stuff. So we're not just going to pretend like he doesn't exist, you know, and you know, that sort of thing. But for obvious reasons, we're not going to dwell too long, but uh, he did play Captain Jack pretty, pretty good in this one. He doesn't, one thing I did like about it is because Torchwood was running almost concurrently at this time, we had a lot of more adult stuff, innuendo, all that stuff in Torchwood from Captain Jack. It was nice to see him here playing it quite straight. I don't mean um, straight as in sexually. I mean, like, you know, playing it quite straight and kind of just being the Doctor's backup for a large he's, part of it, yeah, and uh, he's more toned down, isn't he? He's more toned down in the story. Yeah, I, th- I think he's aware of what's at stake a bit more. I think he's a bit more, you know, with Torchwood and his team. He, he's a bit more, you know, we've got this. You know, we kick ass, sort the aliens out in Cardiff mainly. We're good, but in this one, I think he sees the bigger picture. He knows that now's not the time to be cracking one-liners you know, here, there and everywhere. He does have a couple of times, but there were uh, three scenes that I really liked. Just quickly, the first one is when the Doctor's like, with the perception filters, he's like, you know when somebody really fancies you, but you don't see it sort of thing. And then him yeah. and Martha look at each other and they're like, <laughs> you too, huh? And she's like, mm. yeah. So that was really cool. Uh, the second one was when he's like, actually, yeah, kind of something to tell you. Cause the Doctor doesn't know that he's resurrected Torchwood. Mm. so he's the doctor's obviously like what the frick and he's like you know i, I i'm doing this it's good now we'll talk to what is different it's not like before sort of thing that, um, that reminded me that this is early days i was like oh the doctor doesn't even know that torchwood's back this is like really early days for that early. sort of thing yeah, yeah for the doctor's point of view anyway yeah, he doesn't really know and yeah and anyway he's like i resurrected this in your honor and he sort of stares at him for a few seconds as he says that and i think he's just trying to get through to the doctor like look regardless of how you felt about torture in the past this is me now this is think about it as me sort of thing so that was cool and then lastly at the end um where he runs off we're in cardiff bay as you as usual with torchwood and he's like they called me the face of bow <laughs> and then the doctor and martha are like 
Nah. Is it? They got it. So they never really 100% confirm that, do they? That he was. But it was all said and done. It's pretty obvious that it's a it's a direct link. But yeah, so John that, Barrowman played it a bit straighter. I quite like it. That was going to be my question. Is Captain Jack the face of both? Yeah, because I, I so. love yeah. that end mm-hmm. scene. And I think um, it, it does work, though, if you think about it. He can't, like he says, he's getting old. He's starting to get like the odd gray hair. He is aging but he can't die. So where does he, you know, where does Captain Jack end up as a, as an, a big old face in a, you know, a life saving <laughs> glass jar. Um, mm. So you can see that he could become the face of Bo and the face of Bo does tell the doctor he's an old friend and all that. So, but I, I like, I don't want it ever confirmed or ever not confirmed. I like the fact it's just a throwaway line. And if you want to believe that Bo is Jack, you can, <laughs> but if you want to dismiss it, it's just no way. You yeah, can. I, think, I just leave it at that because I think it's a great line, and I really like. I really like the idea personally. I think it's too on the nose, maybe for it to not be the case. I mean, I'm really oh, surprised. Case, right? yeah. I'm really surprised that Big Finish haven't done anything with that over the years. <laughs> yeah, give them time. Give them time. Yeah, that just sounds like ripe sort of backfiller story stuff to do. I don't know, but yeah. anyway. John Barrowman, I, I, I appreciate that they wrote him and he performs it in a way that's not typical Jack. He's aware of the stakes and he's playing it a bit more serious and straight, which is cool. Yeah, tone, a bit more toned down. I agree. I like yes. it. Yeah. David Tennant then, to finish up, and then a couple of very quick bits. David Tennant, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, obviously found his feet as the Doctor really early on, just flew into the role without any warm-up it feels like he was but he's just really i don't know just got such a presence even when he's like the old doctor in the wheelchair just his eyes and the way he looks and you know he can act really well with his eyes and his face david tennant and yeah consistency in brilliance for me with david tennant very very few episodes in his run where i thought "Mm, he didn't really play the doctor that well Sort of on autopilot sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So any complaints with this? I, I assume you like his performance, but any complaints? No, no complaints at all. And uh, you just said about him acting with his eyes, which um, sounds like an easy thing to do. It's really not. Um, to betray emotion under all those prosthetics. God, did I actually say the word right? You did, mate. Prosthetic? My goodness. Um, to actually <laughs> convey emotion under all that, and let's face it, he's got quite a lot on at one point. <laughs> It's quite something, to be honest, because he doesn't even say anything, does he? He's just doing this sort of heavy <gasps> breathing and he's just staring out and he he looks like a broken man. And he's conveying that literally <laughs> with his eyes because the rest of him is all um, prosthetic. So, yeah, it's a good performance from him, but not just when, you know, he's playing the old doctor, but when he's just playing the regular doctor. Like I said, the scene where he's talking about Gallifrey and the master, you know, he's just got the... Like you say, he's just got the presence and the delivery, the way he delivers the lines. Um, it used to really bug me that they didn't let him use his natural accent because I used to get a bit annoyed with the sort of um, the mockery way he talked. I don't even notice it now. It, I'm just so used to that being how the Doctor talks. But it, I think because I knew at the time, I sort of felt like it was almost like a sort of forced accent, if you like, which used to sort of bug me. But I don't even notice it now. I love his delivery. Like when he's doing the voiceover bits on Gallifrey, it's just brilliant, beautifully delivered. Um, and I think it comes back to him doing uh, Big Finish at the moment as well. He sounds so good on Big Finish. I don't even 
sort of sit there and think, no, but he's Scottish. Why is he doing that silly accent? <laughs> it's just the doctor. And I, I think he, yeah, he delivers in spades, mate. He's, um, he's just fantastic presence when he's on screen. Yeah. And he works really well with the other cast members as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? He really connects with the other cast members, which is important. I mean, I was thinking about the scene when he's lying with the master in his arms and he has to do that scream doesn't he at the end the, the master dies and he does this sort of really painful let's say it's really painful scream and i thought that's you know we just watch it and we take it as a piece of television and drama but if you sort of break it down it's two actors lying on the floor hugging each other and he's got to let out this scream it, it must feel awkward it must you know to actually convey that sort of amount of um emotion so yeah I, I i think he gives a great performance i think he really works well with the rest of the cast as well especially sim i like it when we get the doctor and the master have that sort of face off on the rock on the rocks don't they on the sort of cliff edge and it's it's quite brief actually i almost wish we'd got a bit more of the doctor and master like that and the but the david Tennant's so strong in it he's like give that to me you're never going to do it i know you too well just give it to me now he almost sounds like a teacher scolding a, uh, a student a pupil and I just thought, yeah, you know, the doctor's back, tenants really, you know, back in charge, and he's now putting the master in his place, and he just delivers it brilliantly. Yeah, no, I completely agree, man, definitely. And it's a, uh, you know, a couple of touchy moments at the end. That scene where the master supposedly dies in his arms is quite touching, and then we have the yeah. flashback to where he's cremating the master, and it's all quite down, and you know, and stuff. So. Yeah. What about the what about so, the master's ring being picked up? I think I remember Russell saying that was a very last minute decision, just in case they wanted to bring him back. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's a kind of blink or you miss it thing, and you don't really think. Well, I guess you do think, and you do look into it, and you think, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, this is. Well, I was in two minds. I was like, is this a kind of a just in case thing, like? Later on in, in, in the Who's run, you know, we, we need to bring the master back. Well, funny you should mention that because we mm-hmm. just so happened to put a little fail safe in place. Or was, yeah. it a, or was it, again, one of those purposeful, purposeful things where they knew they were going to bring him back later? Maybe. So I'm in two minds about it. Either way, uh, it's kind of cool because it, those of you that are real fans of the master, you had that little inkling like, yes, he might be back. We might see him again, which is cool. I, I'm glad they included it because I would not, like to think this was you know the character killed off you know the character i think the character of the master should always be there um mm. they do allude to the fact that he might be the doctor's brother as well again in this which i think is a nice nod to the classic series again not confirmed which i don't think it ever should be but i love the fact there's a little nod to it um and i think russell was quoted as saying that he thought the the hand picking up the ring could be the rani which would have been great i wish russell had followed through with that and brought the rani back because i that would have been superb but myself <laughs> i just assumed it was um lucy saxon because you know red uh nail bar. i should just say oh it's it's lucy and picking up the ring but uh, but the rani is definitely the better idea I, I i really wish russell had written the rani i think he would have written her brilliantly yeah um, rani we didn't talk about sweet. lucy saxon maybe just yeah. to say i thought she was really good actually she plays this kind of lost sort of character that's sort of been influenced by the master and you know kind of swept along for the ride and i and then she kind of turns she sees through him at the end she gets fed up with him flirting with everyone and i, I just have to say i think lucy saxon uh, alexandra moen 
yep. uh, played the part really well. She does this weird dance when he puts on okay. uh, Here Comes the Jump, which is I like because it's sort of an awkward like, oh, I don't know how to dance dance. I, I just thought it was a really nice <laughs> performance from her. <laughs> yeah, no, she was okay. She, Yeah, she's almost, um, you know that she's not happy. Something's not right there, obviously. She, she gives him the bullet at the end. She gives, well. gives him a couple of slugs. Yeah. Just because, you know, the scorned woman. <laughs> get yeah. him. But she yeah. does get treated quite badly, though. You can she tell does. that. Yeah. And there was a bit where there's a scene where the her and the master are leaving the um the main sort of area on the ship where the, the conference room is and the little platform stuff. The bridge, I suppose. And uh, he gives her a little pat on the bum, you know, and grabs, yeah. you know, a little bit and... You know, they're off sort of thing. And I was thinking, please, no. Please, no. Well, I don't want to see a story in a paper. John Sims had... Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, God. So I'm just hoping that that was a... I'm just hoping that that was either written in and directed like that or um, Alexandra no, sure, Moen's sure like... Between the two of them are like, actually, yeah, let's let's sort of try and paint the master as even more of a sleaze bag. Let's do that. So please, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so her character was very much um, uh, a broken woman. And you can tell that at the end, she, she was going to, she was going to give, she, she had had enough and the master was getting his, going to get his comeuppance by her hand, basically. I think she was the one to do it. I think it was the right character to do it as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's also leads into a cool kind of thing where, because after that point, she just loses her marbles. She's just gone. Because when we see her again and she's resurrecting John Sim, John Sim's master, she's just crazy. Like she's gone. Do you know, yeah. I can't remember. I, I, I need to rewatch uh, that story. I can't remember it at all. Yeah, she's nuts, mate. She comes across as sane and everything's cool, but she's got this like crazy infatuation with him. Like, you know. Anyway. That's, that's what I liked about her performance in this is you kind of get little you kind of get that impression that she's not all there in this. Like I said, the, the weird dance she does and you kind of get the fact that she could be on the edge of mm-hmm. being a bit of a nutter. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and just before we get on to our scores and listener reviews, uh, the ending. A lot of people are not a fan of the ending, dude. It seems to be the one thing in this finale where people are just like, oh, it's, it's almost like people, a lot of people label it as the Jesus moment. Yeah, you know, like oh yeah, I thought you were all about the Titanic crash of Oh, oh no. the Jesus moment. No, yeah. I'm not a fan of it. No. So the whole thing where, you know, this arch arch archangel. Um, but how has he plugged himself? He says I've had a whole year to plug myself into the. Ne- how has he plugged himself into the archangel network? I didn't. Yeah. I just don't get it. I don't know, man. And then so he's kind of tuned himself into the frequency, the psychic energy of mm, people. It's, it's a. a oh, it's. Oh. It's probably my biggest complaint with the story. To it, I, I, it doesn't yeah. bother me that much, but I don't like it. And it doesn't. It doesn't work. I don't think. I think it's just a way to quickly wrap up the, the story. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of with you on that one. It's just a little bit, really. Like, oh. mm. it, 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 it's almost. It almost pushes itself up to the boundary of being a more less science fiction and more magic that sort of thing. Where, yeah. You know, Doctor Who's kind of goes up to that line sometimes it's almost like that it's it, i don't know it's definitely not the strongest ending the best thing is if you just don't dwell on it because if you yeah. if you cut past that explanation you know you, you get some really good stuff like you get the doctor hugging the master and saying i forgive you and he's like no i don't want to hear it and all, you know you get all that great stuff 
between the doctor and the master um, after he gets shot and all that. So if you just don't dwell on it, I think it's all right. But yeah, not really a fan, I have to be honest, of the whole resurrection idea. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. Rightio then. I think we've spoken about quite a few things. Anything else you want to mention before we go on scores? No, I don't think so, mate. I think we covered it. Okay, well, it's probably stuff we've missed, obviously, but oh, we can I'm talk sure. for hours, mate. Oh, and it was Clangers, by the way, that the original master was watching on the TV. Oh, the Clangers. So right. the Delgado master, Clangers, okay. Sim master, Teletubbies. <laughs> Teletubbies. Oh, of course, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, you can go first, buddy. Welcome back. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this is a, an 8 out of 10 for me. Um, good story. Enjoyed it. Um, knocking off a couple of points for the things we've mentioned, like the, the resurrection moment and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's good. I think it stands up well. I was um, surprised how much I was into it. I've watched it a few times over the years and I still found it myself quite engaged by the story. So okay, eight and ten. Okay, it's an 8.5 for me. Oh, 0.5. Edged forward, in. mate. Yeah, by 0.5. Yeah, an 8.5 for me because uh, I'm with you on exactly the same things that you mentioned, but I gave it an extra half because... Um, it was just nice to watch Doctor Who and not be enveloped in um, all the nonsense that comes with it these days. It was just a, the exact same feeling that I got when I first watched it, when I bought the box set back in whenever it was. Uh, 2007, whatever. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Um, and I just love that feeling. But the same complaints around the end in a couple of little bits. But yeah. Okay, cool. So an eight from you. Uh, an 8.5 for me that's cool what did our listeners think then we had a uh, we had a few in so let's go through those first up is neil campbell what about you fellas hope you're well it's great to have you back so the sound of drums and last of the time lords i think i've said it before on this show that series three is actually my favorite series since doctor who was brought back in 2005 it just brings back so many good memories from 2007 regards the actual story itself um i like it it's decent um obviously utopia um, in my opinion, was was a strong story, and then it leads into this. And you know, I, I like John Sims Master. Um, he's manic. I think it works. Um, Martha um, is obviously, you know, she gets a key role in this story. And um, I think Freeman Agamemnon puts in a really good performance. And then on top of that, the ending. You know, I, I thought it was decent and it was very poignant. And it, it's good to see somebody leave of their own terms, you know, not somebody being killed off or whatnot. And um, I think that works. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, that soundtrack, that theme that plays, you know, whenever Martha goes into the TARDIS and it appears in Series 3, Series 4 and in a bit of the specials as well. And it's never made the any of the official soundtracks. And I think that's an absolute travesty. Um, I wasn't overly fussed on the Doctor, you know, flying through the room and also, you know, when he was shrunk, I didn't think the CGI was particularly good on that. And I didn't like the way the Master references Rose, which happens loads in Series 3. I hate that, let it go. Um, but what I did really like um, was the scene um, of John Sims' Master watching the Teletubbies, which is reminiscent of Roger Delgado's Master, you know, in uh, The Sea Devils, which happens to be my favourite ever Doctor Who story. So all in, I'm going to give us an 8 out of 10. Cheers. An eight from Neil. An eight. And I'm glad Neil mentioned the soundtrack thing, mate, because I've always thought that I was going mad. I was thinking that that theme is used so much. It must be on at least one of the soundtracks. And it's not. For goodness sake, Murray. I don't think it's Murray's fault, dude. I think it's the no, BBC. It yeah. No, it's Murray. Murray chooses the track listing. 
which is why we haven't got series 10. Oh, oh, you're right. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. 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 Come Sorry, on, babe. Larry. Sort Sorry, it babe. out. Yeah, I yeah, just well, thought... We'll... The, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because I think he tweeted, didn't he, a while ago? He's like, oh, I'm still configuring the... Yeah, oh. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Murray, come on, dude. But where was that? It's such a nice theme, and it does. It crops up all the way through. Mm. Series uh, three. I mean, it's not on the... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Neil. An eight, good score. Uh, Sammy Satine from Down Under. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, the sound of drums last of the Time Lords. If Stu Backpool is correct, this is the template for years and years. It even has its own Vivian Rook, who in this is a journalist who talks to Lucy and gets murdered by the Toclophane. It's never explained, but why does the Master pick Lucy? How is he controlling her? And what does he gain? Because the Master's never been one for a companion. Also, he offers Lucy a jelly baby. I found him rather intimidating when I first saw him. Now I just find him very OTT. The Toclophane are just so menacing, but incredibly sad. Those humans going to Utopia deserve better. It's brutal. Making the Doctor Jesus-like not so good. Also, I guess the time reversal was the only way out, but the UK still elected someone who murdered the President of the USA. Where are the consequences? I give it 9 Toclophane out of 10 because it frankly lost its impact. Now I know what happens. See ya. A 9 out of 10. A 9 out of 10. Even though you destroyed it, Sammy, <laughs> you awarded it a nine. Interesting. I think the master's controlling Lucy with the do 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 do. I don't know how, but that's that's how I'm. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. There are certain things about the master's relationship with Lucy we don't need to know about. Yeah, we should never know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, weird one, Sammy. It sounds like you were not too happy with it, but a nine nonetheless. Cool. Thank you very much. Moving on. This is Mr. Joe Turner. Hi, Gary and Adam. Glad you're back. Um, Sound of the Drums is a fantastic episode. I just love the idea of the Doctor, Martha and Jack on the run from the government. The interactions between Tenet and Sim are just so tense and execute to perfection. I think Sim is fantastically mad and bonkers, especially when executing the president, then playing a pop song, dancing as millions get slaughtered. The cliffhanger is superb. There is lots of action involved in the police shooting at the gang, and it makes for intense, edgy seat stuff. And the score throughout is exceptional and really high octane, adding to the stakes of the episode, combining well with what's on screen, especially the score, all the strange, strange creatures. However, Last of the Time Wars has always felt a step down for me. I feel as though there was far too much talking, as well as the fact that we don't actually get to explore the world in which the Master has created after a year in charge, and the one in which Martha has been describing. Because seeing some of the statues and hearing the stories about the horrific things that the Master has done would have been really cool and added to the story. I suppose it was down to budgetary reasons. In saying that, I do love the start when we see Earth has been quarantined, and Martha's costume is really cool. Freeman is on fire, and ending is very emotional and brings to the forefront the relationship between the Master and the Doctor. But for me, the ending was way too weak and rushed. So overall, I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give this finale an eight out of ten. Thank you. Another eight. Another eight, yeah, that's good. Nice one, Joe. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Freeman's on fire. Martha's rocking and rolling on this one, dude, as we've said. Mm. Yeah, another solid review, man. Thank you very much, Joe. Another eight, all good. And the last one is Dardisnet 66. The Sound of the Drums and Last of the Time Rules is an overhated and underrated finale. I prefer it for the Series 4 finale, which I know is an unpopular opinion. I think it's mainly disliked for the scenes of the Doctor as Dobby and Space Jesus and the way time is reversed at the end, but there's more to the story. 
John Sims, my favourite incarnation of the Master, is insane, unhinged and manic, with a repulsive satisfaction from cruelty, and the Four Knocks backstory brings appropriate tragedy and depth to the character. Furthermore, I love the fact that after years of the Master being beaten by the Doctor, we finally get to see him succeed and take over for a period of time, with a chance to act on his cruelty and power. You can understand his motivations used in the Paradox Machine, and you can understand his entitlement as a Time Lord, and his relationship with the Doctor is appropriate development that makes a lot of sense. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Another 8. Another 8, yes. Holy crap, the 8s are rolling in. Nice one, Tyler, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, yeah, agree with your thoughts on the Master as well. Such a good performance from John Sim and that whole relishing in the destruction and stuff, as you said, is, yeah, it's spot on, dude. I like that phrase as well, overhated and underrated. Mm. Right. Yes. Uh, one I think of it very quickly, another piece of music that was very cool at the very end of the sound of drums. You know when it, sort of you see that scene from space where all the toclophane are uh, sort of hovering down? Yes. And the, the master's like, and so it, I think it's like, and so it came to pass, the human race fell, the earth was no more, and I looked down upon my new dominion as master or something. There's a really cool piece of music that plays and there it as well. good, he says. And it, it? It yeah, and it, yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. That music's not on the soundtrack either, I remember. Oh, Murray, for goodness sake. Murray, what are you doing? What have you playing at, Murray? Just too much to fit on. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, guys, for sending in your audio clips. Um, uh, some eights and a nine from Sammy, so that's all good. We only had a few in on the social, so I can rattle through these relatively quickly on twitter our writer, our writer jordan said i used to hate this one when it first aired but i've grown to like it over the years great performances from all involved even if i think this master is a little too crazy it's just a shame it all gets undone with the doctor becoming an angel at the end yes i agree jordan yes uh josh van der Slees or van der Sluis, uh, it was a good two-parter for martha despite the jesus pieces of the doctor in the cage uh, sim was good as the master despite me wanting Derek Jacobi to remain from Utopia. Mm. Interesting thought, that one. Uh, the way the TARDIS was turned into a paradox machine was brilliant. 3.5 black hole rockets out of five. That's out of five. <laughs> not too bad. Cool. Uh, Morgan, Morgan McCandless, our good friend, says, after recently watching Life on Mars, it's easy to see why Sim was cast as the master. He's great. I love this finale, even if 10 literally becomes space Jesus for a bit. Martha's exit is perfect, and she remains one of my favourite companions. Nine spiky death spheres out of ten. Cheers, mm. <laughs> Morgs. Doctor Who Home says, Sound of Drums is one of the finest storytelling from RTD. Intense drama and world building. The master-doctor interactions are edge-of-seat moments. And it all builds to that jaw-dropping punch of a cliffhanger. Uh, I guess the finale is all right as well. A little bit slow, but a great ending. Eight out of ten. Chippy T says, My only problem with Tennant is his over-emotional reactions at times. Having seen as much as he has I want him to be cooler under pressure. Still, Jacoby was excellent. Martha had a strong story and Sim was maniacally entertaining a 7.5. And lastly on Twitter, Nick H says, despite the obvious issues and faults, I really like these two. Martha gets to be the lead for Last of the Time Lords, which is welcome. Uh, Dobby Doctor, though, eek, uh, love John Sim. His wife is cute too. <laughs> Eight out of ten. And just a few on Facebook. Uh, Jeff Waddle says... Sound of Drum 7, Last of the Time Lords, a 2 out of 10. Ooh. <gasps> 2? What a letdown of a final what episode. After a strong build-up and beep to this Doctor is a God-type garbage. 
And as for the wee shrunken doctor thing, what the hell were they thinking? This showcased all the bad things I don't like about the RTD era and why I don't like tenants. Oh, Jeff. Oh, savage Jeff. Jeff, not feeling it. Yeah, Joseph Howarth says, as much as I'm a fan of tenant, I really feel like this whole finale was a letdown by its last part. Now, for the most part, I really liked. It had a brilliant build-up, a master at the time that I enjoyed, and then part three came along and ruined it. Uh, Joseph goes on to give it a three out of ten for The Last of the Time Lords, a nine, though, for The Sound of Drums. Okay, fair enough. And lastly, Charlie Turner says, I consider the series three finale to be a three-parter myself, as I consider Mm -hmm. Utopia. That's fair enough. Uh, John Sim is my favourite modern master to date, in series three at least. Uh, finale can be a little bit cheesy i guess that the only thing i don't really like is how the doctor literally became space jesus near the end while the whole while the master was being defeated anyway charlie goes on to give it um nine out of ten for each uh, sorry nine out of ten for utopia nine for sound of drums and eight for last of the time lords okay mm-hmm. so okay so a bit of disparity there a lot of people liking the sound of drums and the build-up felt like they were let down by the ending a little bit yeah understandable yes okay well i think scores overall fairly positive eights and nines really good uh next week dude what we got well we can't put it off any longer it's time to review the last episode of the sarah jane adventures Uh, i'm not looking forward to getting to the end of this because we've loved this series so let's hope it goes out on a good one with the man who never was oh mate it'll be a sad sad time next week yeah so anyway, the man who never was next week. Um, yeah, we're going to get onto that and wrap up all of Sarah Jane. But for now, for this week, that's going to do it, dude. For three hundred and twelve. Alrighty. So this week, our attempts at trying to do a slightly shorter show of floor fallen flat on its arse, I'm afraid. It's uh, just over two hours, this one, but meh, who cares? Uh, hopefully we've kept you entertained for a couple of hours um, on Doctor Who, so that's all good. So uh, for uh, our two-parter um, scores for this week, uh, eight from Adam, eight and a half from me, and then the rest of the guys, thank you so much again for your reviews and stuff. Uh Roughly the same score, eights and a couple of nines, which is very cool. Uh, As Adam said, The Man Who Never Was from Sarah Jane next week. Get your DVDs out and watch for that, because we'll be asking for your thoughts as always. In the meantime, remember that you can listen to all of our episodes for free on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on. Just do a search for The Big Blue Box. uh, You'll find us on there. And if you want to follow and subscribe, that'd be great. That way you won't miss a show when it lands. Uh, they go out every single Friday. Uh, you can listen to all of our shows for free on the website as well, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. And um, also on the website, all of the reviews and articles from our writing team. And we've got a couple of extra people joining the team within the next week or so. So there's going to be even more content coming, which is going to be good. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Links on the website or do a search for us. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week. Come and get involved. And we have a free Discord server as well. So there's a link on the website. Sign up on that. Join the Discord. Come and chat Doctor Who. We chat about everything on there. Big Finish, Classic Who, Modern Who, the soundtracks, events and cons, the whole lot. Come and get involved over there. It's very cool. 
Uh, also check out my co-host channel over on YouTube once again. It is the Geeks Handbag. Geeks Handbag, yes. Go and have a look at my vids, and uh, I'm on all the socials: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but not TikTok. We don't okay. TikTok around here. We don't my TikTok. <laughs> Maybe one day. Not at the minute. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I don't think I want to know what it is. Yes, it's actually ironically a good name for a Doctor Who specific social network. But there we go. So that's been 312. Thank you so much, as always, um, for listening. We will see you next week. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, eh. Eh.